Well, hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to Trophy Talk. This is episode 55 of your bi-weekly trophy hunting podcast with your three gracious hosts, your three lovely hosts. I'm one of those hosts, Dude. Colin Colhoven. What's up? You don't like my adjectives? Gr- uh, grace has just been your word of the day lately. <laughs> I, need, I need to find my point of yeah. grace. <laughs> Gracious now, too. Like, what? A... Yeah. Elden Ring has infected my mind <laughs> after, <Yeah>. after like <laughs> 70 hours. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other two lovely voices you're hearing on the show, we got ourselves Eli Downing and Daryl Fuimano. How are the boys today? Uh, the boys are still waking up. Boys are back in town. Yes. <laughs> That's right. That's a solid song right there, honestly. <laughs> can't, can't hate on that. I actually don't even know who does that song, but it's solid. You know? It's solid. Cool. There's, there's a lot of those like songs that I remember from my parents uh, driving me around as a kid. You know, whatever they mm-hmm. had on the radio. Mm-hmm. And you just get some weird shit, you know? And then every once in a while, you'd get some like Blink-182 coming on, and you're like, Ah, oh, turn it up! <laughs> Turn it up, mom. <laughs> and like, what, all the small things comes on, and you're like six, and you're like, I totally vibe with this song. I get yeah. it. You know, they're like, work sucks. I know. <laughs> you have no fucking clue. Never had a job. You have no clue at six years old. Yeah. Amazing. I get uh, the flashbacks from the pool. I spent a lot of time at the pool and uh, all the radio songs there. That's where my, uh, like, that, that memory kicks in. You're like, hmm. I remember this. Yeah. I know uh, this song. I don't know from like, just that's where they all, they all connect to basically. Man, public pools are kind of gross though. You know what I mean? You're kind of gross. <laughs> what the hell's wrong with a public <laughs> pool, dude? There's all kinds of weird body hair and pee in there. And yeah, is that going to hurt you? No, because all that chlorine is going to kill the shit out of it. So yeah. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, I went to the public pool. I liked it for sure. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I used to, eat a hair with burger on it and you go public pool, dude. Get yourself an otter pop at the snack stand, okay? Yeah. It's delicious. An otter pop? What's that? Those are like, uh, they look like big old go-gurts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah basically. Yeah. Dude, they had like the jumbo versions of those too. They were just huge. massive, like three times the size of your head. Yeah. <laughs> like... otter, yeah. mm-hmm. Is it otter pop? Oh, okay. Okay. I know, I know what these are. Yeah. Or at least that's what they were in Wisconsin. I don't know what they were, they were called here. But, Damn, dude. Man, they were hella good on a hot day. Woo, sheesh, dude. Get yourself an Otter Pop. Go play some Pokemon Red version. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> what a day. What a day. Well, thank you, uh, by the way, to all the listeners for joining us on, like we said, Trophy Talk, bi-weekly trophy hunting podcast. This is our second episode of the month of March 2022. So we're going to be talking about what we've been playing for the month of March, in addition to all the other things you've known to or come to know and love. We got questions from patrons. We got a banger topic to start off. We maybe have some dad jokes if they're funny. I might cut them otherwise. And uh, yeah, pretty exciting shit. Episode fifty-five, guys. Fifty-five. We're, fifty-five. We're like My we're idea. over the hump towards a hundred now. Like for sure. Yeah. For sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. The in, insane, insane thing to me. So thank you to all the returning listeners. And if you're a new listener, welcome. Hope you enjoy your stay. <laughs> Uh, we got a banger question. Let's get the brain juices going. Daryl, what did, what did you want to know? You said you had a desire to find out something from us. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so what's like your most embarrassing fashion trend that you guys have rocked over the years? Mm. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be embarrassing, but maybe it's a fashion trend that you used to rock. Oh, gosh. 
Okay, so the first one for me comes to mind are like tighter pants, tight pants. Yes. Okay. I wouldn't say it was that that embarrassing. It was just kind of the skater trend. I was always a pretty uh, pretty slim boy, so I just kind of some of like the tight pants weren't even that tight on me. <laughs> just <pants. laughs> it's like <normal. laughs> yeah, like I still I still wear tight pants. They just look yeah. like normal pants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can't rock those, uh, like the, <clears throat> they call them like regular fit or something. I can't rock those, man. I have to have like slim straight or slim whatever. Dude, but. that is such a good call out. That's actually what I was going to say too, is the tight pants thing. But on, <laughs> on top of that, to go with the tight pants, I did, I did go through like a, like a studded, studded whatever phase like i had some bracelets with like big studs on them and skulls and shit like that oh my god <laughs> yeah it wasn't like a. it didn't last long and i didn't wear them all the time i just thought they were cool and wanted to wear them but it's an embarrassing trend so like i didn't wear them all the time but mm. there was times i did man that, yeah i didn't do the studs or anything like that but i did like in middle school discover hot topic right and i was oh. like holy crap the coolest store ever so i would buy a bunch of band t-shirts there's for sure a couple that i didn't even listen to i'm not gonna lie <laughs> like you were i was a, I was a super poser big pony. super poser dude I and mean, being called a poser for, for people that didn't grow up in like the 90s and early 2000s that's like one of the worst things you can be called yeah, in my opinion yeah dude yeah you're like wow i suck wow so i like i had like a flogging molly's t-shirt like fucking iron maiden judas priest my chemical romance all that kind of shit. So that was like my middle school embarrassing trend. And then in high school, yeah, I switched to the tight pants because I started skating like the summer before high school. Mm-hmm. And so, but it was weird because like you kind of just like you went to the store or we, we went to like, I think I went to like Zoomies or something and bought them. And it was like you came to school and it was just like you just went for it. You know, you had no idea. Like you wore normal, normal pants. Everyone knew you with normal pants. And then you just show up with super tight pants. And you're like, <laughs> what? What are you gonna say? Oh yeah, you know, it's oh, kind of yeah. it's kind of weird to like make the transition, and you're like, "Yep, this is me Those now." Kids. Tight pants, yeah. You know? Um, sadly, <laughs> I can't a... I can't fit in tight pants anymore. But mm-hmm. <laughs> but but uh, I used to be able to for sure. See, I was a CCS kid. <clears throat> oh, the catalog CCS? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I do. I would get a lot of snowboarding stuff from them. I'm pretty sure I still got pants? emails no. from them. So, the thinking was at the time because I was an idiot that yes. <laughs> That what? I thought that the tight pants actually like helped me skate a little bit because I was like my pants aren't in the way as much of like yeah, the board bit. and like the tricks that are happening. Uh but the reality was it probably didn't make too big of a difference and it also just meant that when you skated in the summer you were just a disgusting human. Like you just had like the worst swamp ass you've ever had in your life. When you take those <laughs> pants off and you get home, oh my god, Dang. dude. And then you're just like, yourself, mm, put them back on tomorrow. Go skate again. <laughs> it's, like, it's so gross. Uh, did you ever do the tight pants with the long ass shirts? Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. I actually really liked that look. I thought it looked really cool. And I had Nike, then, Nike SBs. So I had kind of like. Yeah, punks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh, Big man. ass punks, tight pants, and a shirt that goes down almost halfway to your knees. I thought I was the coolest shit. And I was like, why aren't any of the girls into me, dude? I have no idea. <laughs> the wrong color dunks or something? Yeah, it, it was it was pretty interesting. Uh, but I think nowadays, like, I just dress, like, I just wear graphic tees and jeans 
So, but what about you, Daryl? What was your embarrassing trend? I, I must know. Did you wear tight pants too? <laughs> I did not. <laughs> oh, fuck. I did. Yeah. <laughs> I actually Those wore are... like super baggy pants. Like, you know, like, <clears throat> like especially like during high school, I, I used to wear baggy pants a lot. Uh, but that's like not really like my most embarrassing fashion trend. I would say like the ones I can recall, especially during high school and college, was um, like wearing pro clubs. You guys remember those shirts, like the really oh. thick, heavy T-shirts that oh, you yeah. wear like three, we four times that. the normal size you wear. Yeah, I still wear those. Yeah, they're really comfortable. I like them, but so, I used to wear them like. 4XLs, like shirts that would go down to my knees. Yeah, you had Echo, huh? Why. Find the Echo shirts. and Oh, DK yeah, the Mark Echo. Yep. <laughs> oh, my God, the LRG. I would buy a shit ton of LRG shirts in high school, that's for sure. And I remember, like, getting in trouble with my dad all the time because he would used to buy them, and he, he would fit into the 4XLs, and I would wear his shirts like to school all the time. He get hella mad. He's like, "Why are you wearing my shirts?" Oh, I was like, <laughs> "Like, dad, this is the trend, man." And the shirts back then were pretty expensive. They're like fifteen bucks, I think. Could have been mm-hmm. more, but they they weren't cheap. Damn. Um, yeah, I, yeah, that's that's a good point. And then, like later, probably like more after uh, like high school, I used to tie my shoes, but I would like loop in like the bottom of my pants into my shoelaces uh-huh. Uh-huh. like i will bag my pants but then i didn't want like the bottom of my pants like scuffing on the ground so I would, like tie my shoelace over my pants and you know like, have these little you know, you, a little th- bundle in the front yeah instead of you didn't do this did you do the staples in the back i did not okay that was the other strategy Wait, what? What was this? You put like a staple like at the bottom of your shoe or your pants so they don't drag and get ruined on the bottom when you got baggy ass pants on. Yeah, I mean, what the fuck? I've never <laughs> I never knew that. <laughs> it, I mean, it was stylish back then. But yeah, I, I used to do that. I even used to do it at work, like in the office. I was just like tying my shoes <laughs> like that. And my boss was like, oh, that's a weird way to tie your shoes. I was like, it's a style. Gangster bitch. Shut up, bitch. That's right. Shut your mouth. (laughs) Weird way to walk. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Man, I wish we kind of still dress like that. Maybe we should do that. We should all like show up at work one day and just wear the shit that we're talking about. What do you think? Would that go over well? (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, they're bringing back a lot of the trends that took place like early 2000s. Yeah, that's true. I mean, hipster jeans and like joggers yeah. are like really tight anyway. You know. Yeah. The the trend is to now have them be tight and also not reach your fucking ankles. They're almost yeah. like capris, dude. I'm like, since when? I'm not wearing capris. Yeah. Or the they're like super tight around your your calves, but then the fucking ass hangs down to your knees. Yes. Like, what is that? So weird. What is that? It's dude? like the diaper pants, dude. The yeah, jog, dude. the Justin fucking... Bieber joggers or some shit. Just oh my god! load in there or something, dude. It looks like crap. So I'm just letting anyone know. This yeah. is a, this is a friendly hello to you. You know, it's like if you're wearing those, it probably doesn't look as good as you think it does. <laughs> it's so the Bieber baggers. The, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh man, was a fun trip down memory lane. Indeed. Yeah. Good question there, Daryl. Question, sir. Uh, do you have any jokes for us today, Eli? I got a couple. Okay. Let's go. I don't know what 
that noise that just came out of my mouth was, but I got a couple. What do you call a bear with no teeth? Fuck, mm. <laughs> dude. I, I just I keep going to like grin and bear it. You know, oh, like, like that phrase, but I have no idea how that would be a joke. So I don't know. I got a Berenstein Bears book like that. Oh, shit. I don't know. How, how, what do you G- call? Gummy bear. Ah, gummy bears. <laughs> Let's go. I like that one. Uh, what do you call a classy fish? Classy fish. Upscale fish. So oh, fish decated. Ah, so fish splendid. So splendid. Splendid. That's good. I keep it keep it short and sweet today. That's good. I like those. I like those. You leave us wanting more. You know, which is yeah, how exactly. it should be with a dad joke. Yeah. Everyone always wants more. <laughs> come back come back in two weeks. Indeed. Come back in two weeks. Oh man. All right. Well well that <laughs> that's good. I feel like we're we got the brain juices going. We're feeling good. Uh as we said at the top of the show, you know, we've been doing this for a long time. Fifty five episodes. And uh we actually have what is known as a Patreon as well. So if you're curious to check out what uh, what we have over there, what offerings we got, our different tiers of support. And uh, you like what we do, go over and check that out. Patreon.com slash Trophy Talk Podcast. And uh, I want to give a special thought out. Shout out? Thought out? Oh, my God, dude. Our brains are fucking broken today. Except for Daryl. You're, you're good, Daryl. Do a special shout out to our Patreon supporters over there. So this is a big thank you to Charles Bilby, the Sly G. Cooper, Pat the Trophy Hunter, Slugger, Be Down, Maximum Carnage, and Skrillis. Y'all rock. Thank you so much for your support of the show and for continuing to listen to the podcast. We really appreciate it. So thank you so much. And one of the tiers over there that you can explore is being able to submit questions to the show for us to answer every time we do an episode. So every couple weeks, you get to submit a question. Pretty good gig, I think. And we got some bangers today, as we always do. You guys ask good questions. All right, first question comes to us from Maximum Carnage, and he asks, if you were required to grind one game for the working week with 12-hour shifts, Jesus, fuck, what game would you be grinding out? Would it be something from the very depth of your backlog, something you hate, or would you pick something that you know you would enjoy but never had the hours to spare for it? This is a good question. A good question. Well, first off, I don't know why you pick something you hate. Well, because when it... we're when we're given the option mm-hmm. to pick something you would enjoy. Okay. Elaborate on that. What are you thinking? I mean, what? Why would you pick something you hate? Elaborate on what? Elaborate <laughs> on what? What? Uh, what why ones you love? Like what your picks then... are? Oh, okay. Yeah, well, yeah. so now, now after uh, reading this the second time here, um, what if you're doing twelve-hour shifts of this game? Are you gonna want to come home and play games? No. So maybe you do pick something you hate. So when you come home, you're like, ah, oh, yeah, I get to go home and play games. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe, maybe there's a maybe that's a not a bad idea. <laughs> maybe there's some truth to that. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess for me, my answer is, uh, you know, Minecraft. And uh, Rocket League would be pretty dope. You think you could play those for 12-hour shifts? Um, Even though you already are an expert in them? I think Rocket League I could. I think the Rocket League is the most practical answer. Okay. Just because there's like a lot of training that you can do. And uh, there's some fun maps you can do. And so like between... Uh, you know, 12-hour shift, a lot of tournaments happen during then. So you can play some tournaments, do some training... Do some uh, silly maps. Uh, I think it would be 
it'd be pretty wild to see what would happen if someone played that for like 12 hours i mean you'd be a pro and i mean you'd probably get hella good yeah yeah but yeah and then minecraft too because there's so many so many mods and stuff you could just you could just play for hours but uh i also like one that i didn't have time to, uh to get like all the way through there's no platinum for it either but warframe i just think is like pretty dope and it's big and it could last for a long time playing 12 hour shifts grinding out uh materials and dude the gameplay is just so fun in that game i totally forgot about that game just yeah the movement and the the gunplay and the sword play it's pretty dope does it have a ps5 version yeah oh okay no platinum, but the the trophy. There's so there's like that was the one that has like thirty something updates. Yeah. Man. So, um, but yeah. Damn. And then of course Elder Scrolls. You got to toss that in the mix. I mean, Elder Scrolls Online. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say that, but I've I've used that for a lot of answers in the past yeah. for questions. But that's obviously such a good choice. Yeah, that's why I changed. I can't just say Minecraft Rock League for everything. Yeah, Warframe's good. That's a good answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Daryl, what do you have for this? So, would this be like the game we're going to be playing like for 12 hours straight for who knows when? Uh, or how long are we playing 30 this years, game for? Dude, for well, forever. So, well, so, yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll give you sort of the background to the question because when I was talking with Maximum about it, he was saying he had just got done working a bunch of like 12-hour shifts this week. He was exhausted. So, I think the thinking is sort of like if this became like your day job. So, you're just doing this like Monday through Friday. You know, you're doing a 12-hour shift on this game. That's your job. What would you gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. I did have Red Dead Redemption 2 as my answer. I know at some point I'm just probably going to, like, finish playing it, doing everything, and getting the, the Platinum eventually. But um, I think I think a better answer would probably be Battlefield 3. Ooh. Mm. Man, such a good game. Yeah, I remember playing that game like a shit ton of hours. Like, like back then I was real big into Call of Duty, and I played like every Call of Duty that came out. But then I was like, you know what? Let me try Battlefield out. You know, this is a game that nobody really talks about, and I played it. I was like, dude, I love this game. I could play that game probably twelve hours, maybe even more. Um, you know, just playing playing that game. I remember having a lot of good times with that game. Yeah, I have a really distinct memory of playing it on a 19-inch TV in my in my apartment junior year of college, and like that was the game that I would always have people when they came over for something. I'd be like, "Oh, you should look at this real quick. Check this out," because there was a couple different missions in it in the campaign that were like really like famous set pieces, you know, like the flying mission or like the one where you would uh, parachute down and storm the compound at the end. Um, yeah, and then the multiplayer was obviously really great as well. I, I think Battlefield's been struggling to recreate basically Battlefield 3s since it came out. Like that that's sort of like the high watermark for them in the recent titles at least. So, but I I would love for them to bring Battlefield 3 back cuz that's like the most fun I've ever had with like a FPS game. And there's just there's just something to like being able to blow stuff up and like, you know, shoot a freaking little bird or a helicopter out of the sky with like a, a rocket launcher or a tank dude i was like dude yeah this game is hella fun there, there's not really a multiplayer experience quite like battlefield 
when it's done properly, of course. I know the more, more recent one isn't supposed to be that good, but yeah, that that game and and to some extent Battlefield Four. Like I I did try the beta for Battlefield Four and I enjoyed it, but I ended up never picking up the campaign or anything like that. Like so, really after three, the only other one I've played is the one we've all played together, which is Battlefield One. So. Battlefield yeah. 1 is probably still a good game to play. It's just a lot of people's main criticism of it is just the setting. A lot of people didn't really like it too much. Yeah, I did like some of the maps in that in that game a lot. And the campaign was like decent as well. So yeah. I enjoyed that campaign. Yeah, definitely. No, Battlefield 3 is a great answer. Um I'm, I'm, it's interesting you both went with like multiplayer games as like probably the most like practical option. Because that's such a good point. Like you can grind a multiplayer game and have it'd be sort of a different experience for the whole time. So, like, yeah, League of Legends is probably the easiest answer that I could put for this. But mm-hmm. I actually was, was going to say uh, Metal Gear Solid Five because mm-hmm. that's a game that, like, I actually uh, purchased on, on the stealth, like, probably, like, four or five months ago and uh, was, like, going to wait to kind of, like, surprise people <laughs> and play it. Mm-hmm. So, y'all know now I own it. <laughs> and, um... And I think it's on sale now for like three ninety nine, which is like so cheap. I paid more for it, but either way, uh, yeah, it's supposed to be pretty long. And I've not played a Metal Gear game since Twin Snakes on the GameCube, so I think it'd be kind of fun. And I think that the hours are there for you at least to do a couple weeks on that game. I think, yeah, and like more long term, like if you're doing this just for like your job forever, then yeah, I probably shouldn't pick a single player game. But those are the two that I was thinking of: MGS Five and uh, League of Legends. Yeah, good good question there, Maximum. Appreciate it, sir. All right, Eli, your turn to read out loud. Take us into the question from Slugger. All right, uh, we got how large slash what is the state of your backlog? Do you have goals slash aspirations to play everything in it? Man, the numbers. We <laughs> this this required yeah. a little bit of research. It looked like for you guys. Yeah. I kind of just yeah. estimated for my PlayStation ones. I counted out. Like the games that I knew I was gonna play, but um, yeah, Daryl, what what do you have for this? Uh, for me, um, as of right now, I own like six hard copies of games I have not played. Uh, that was pretty easy to count. Then it got a little bit more, <laughs> a little bit more confusing when I was looking at like the games that I purchased because it, it, it'll tell you like the games you purchase. Like if you buy a DLC. For a game but then like some of those dlcs were from games that were in my ps plus collection as well so the numbers are a little inflated um but like right now like what i purchased off the playstation store i currently have 44 games and then from the ps plus i have 93 that are downloaded but out of those 93 there's like 40 give or take that i want to play at some point so I would say, like, based on, like, what I actually own, I would say, like, maybe 50 games that I have currently in my backlog. Yeah. Those aren't, that's not too bad. Like, I'm sure there's a few community members who are listening to this, like, God damn, like, that sounds so much better than what I've got to deal with, because I know some of us, yeah, I'm thinking of that Matthew McConaughey, (laughs) like, Jeff, where he's like, yeah. Um, Those are uh, not too bad, though. And, I, I, you know, I'm just going to say it. 40 games out of the 93 PS Plus. Maybe you shouldn't have downloaded the other uh, 53. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't. I mean, just something to say. You know, I'm not. I'm, I'm no critics. 
you know? Wait, what is this? 40? You got 40? So he has 93 PS Plus games he's downloaded or added to his library, but only 40 of those that he really wants to play. Oh, okay. I gotcha. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So why download them? You keep well, beating that drum. <laughs> it's because I don't know if I actually want to play. Like, that 40 can, like, jump to, like, 50 or 60 someday. That's true. You know, I, I just own them because, you know, like, I, like, a good example was, <laughs> what is it? Yeah, uh, the, Edith the Edith Finch game. Okay, yeah. all right. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I you got me. I got him. Fucking <laughs> 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 wrapped him. <laughs> I told myself, nah, this doesn't look like a game I'll play. Then Eli said, dude, that game was good. And I was like, oh, shit, I never downloaded it. And then I learned from my lesson. Uh-huh. Oh, God. Download it. Hey, See, that's, that's a good thing. You, you learn from your mistakes. Then, <laughs> then there's Colin on the other hand. That's because he considers it a mistake. (laughs) (laughs) No, I've been better this year. I've downloaded like at least one of the games every month since uh since twenty twenty two has started. So Yeah, what you rocking with? Uh so I I looked at Steam. I actually don't own that many Steam games, which I know a lot of people have huge libraries on that, but I just don't really like when those mega sales are happening, I'm just like, I'm not gonna pick up a game just because it's on sale if I'm still never gonna play it. So I don't get that much. I got twenty four games on Steam. Uh, like a couple of them are things like Binding of Isaac or, you know, Enter the Gungeon or those kind of things where I'm like, I don't know what you consider beating it because you can like go through it multiple times and shit, right? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, Enter the Gungeon's been pretty fun. I played the played a bunch of that down in LA when I was visiting my friend a few weeks ago, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna pick it up. Good game. And uh, let's see. So that's kind of Steam. Like I have Oblivion on there too. I own that on Steam. I own Far Cry New Vegas, or not Far Cry Fallout New Vegas. Um. So a couple other like bigger RPG games. And then if I looked at my purchase titles and PS Plus titles, now there's more than this, but the the ones that I'm actually like looking at trying to complete, there's like 30 games on there. And that includes like games that's split between games that I've actually already started. So it's like cleanup percentage and then games that I haven't started at all, like Assassin's Creed Syndicate, for example, which is just like, you know, I can't wait to play that at some point soon. And then physically, I just have one game that I haven't beat for, for PlayStation or haven't platinumed, and that's Dark Souls 2. So at some point, I'll play that this year. Uh, Scholar of the First Sin Edition. And then on Nintendo Switch, I've got like three games to play. I still need to complete Mario Galaxy, uh, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawls. I haven't played as much as I should. And uh, Super Mario 64, actually. I've never beat. So those are uh, those are all my games. It's not a ton. I mean, really, compared to what some people have mm-hmm. it's pretty nuts and a lot of the i've i've kind of taken the approach with some of my purchased or my ps plus games where i'm just like it's okay if i never play this you know i'm not gonna i made the mistake i probably shouldn't have purchased it or whatever but whatever i'm not gonna like make myself play it because it's there now so i'm trying to target like very specific games this year when i play we'll see alien fire team elite though oh my god <laughs> oh man yeah anyway what about you eli what do you have uh yeah, so on my I'm on multiple platforms more frequently, so my Steam library is at 124. Right, and I have 109 games on Epic as well. Uh, but a lot of those were free. They give out games weekly for free, not even having to sign up for anything. And then uh, on GOG, I have 22 games, and I bought Minecraft twice, so there's that. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's about. What is that? Two hundred fifty on PC. 
And then there's I have a couple Xbox games in um I have a good amount. I didn't really go through my hard copies, but I have a lot of PS2 games and uh Xbox uh GameCube oh, Wii yeah. and uh Xbox uh, 1 games. Probably have like 20 plus or minus if we're just talking uh not current gen but Mm-hmm. recent gens but do you consider uh, those backlog in the sense that you're going to play them or is it just like that's no part of the collection? I, like well that's why some of the older ones are just part of the collection I see. and i was I uh see. i was kind of trying to collect stuff for the 360 oh yeah that's right um but so i i have a decent amount of those and i got a couple xbox games there are some that i really want to play but like immortal unchained looks pretty cool it's like a Souls shooter, but it's not great, and it's on Xbox. I probably never get to it. But then, as far as PlayStation goes, I'm at uh, 274 there as well. So damn. Uh, yeah, you guys is like 44. It's like what? Dude? Uh, I I purchased 164, and I've gotten 104 through PS Plus. And uh, on top of the 274, I have 42 hidden. I don't know what that equals total. Yeah. 316. Something like that. That sounds about right. Yeah. I'm not going to check yeah. you on that. <laughs> I'm no. not going to fact check you live, yeah. dude. Like you fact check everyone else. Okay. Fact check me, dude. Fact do check. my math. I was going to do it. Fact but... <laughs> Can we get a fact check here on mile three? It's on the third floor west side. Oh, 316. Dude. Let's go, dude. I'm a mathematical genius. Look at the dimensionality you of that. that dude? You're fucking cocktail kid now. <laughs> dimensionality. <laughs> doing, doing, doing a hello math in my head. I'm a cocktail kid. Okay. Yeah, man. I could yeah, invite me, dude. I should lay down some fucking <laughs> mathematical <laughs> equations, dude. Let's invite go, me, dude. dude. Let's go. Fucking jeez. No, I'm inviting Daryl, dude. He's much more. Uh, co- he's much more a cocktail kid. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. All my studded belts won't fit in there. So that's right. Okay. That's yeah. right. Wow. Um, so yeah, my you aspiration... definitely got the biggest backlog for sure out of the three of us. Yeah, that's what she said. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 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 no but, way. Uh, yeah, my I don't know about finishing everything. I don't think so. It won't happen. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely becoming more particular in what I play. Um, just trying to pick out like. The games that I do want to play, like before, it was kind of like, oh, like these will be easy trophies, and um, you know, these whether or not they're like grabbing me the most that I would, you know, I would play them. But now I'm just trying to like play games that I'm that I want to play. Yeah, I think that's a really good change in philosophy. That's that's kind of like what happened to me this year in general because I was like going to make it the year of backlog cleanup. You know, and I've been doing that, but I've also just been like picking things from the backlog that I actually am gonna have fun playing. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like like uh yeah, I don't know. I'm not gonna just go play something just because I have completed percentage in it, just to clean mm-hmm. it up. So yeah, it's it's helped a lot. Like I've enjoyed the games I've played this year quite a bit. So mm-hmm. it's been a good time. Indeed. Thank you for that question, Slugger. Much appreciated, good sir. All right, Daryl, take us into the question from Sly G. Cooper. Yeah, Sly G. Cooper wants to know which three places in the world do you want to visit most 
Or would you want to live in any of them if they were affordable? A good caveat at the end there. <laughs> I don't know. actually know the price of living in any of the places that I put down. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, would you want to live in them if they weren't affordable? Right. I mean, I guess maybe you could. You'd still would want to, even if it would be harder. I mean, yeah. we're living in a place that's not affordable, so. 100%. 100%. Yeah, I was l- looking at like sort of the median price or whatever for for uh, the city I live in now, and it's like seven hundred and twenty-four thousand. Oh, what is this for the like median house price for the city uh, I live in? Yeah, I'm sure it's even more actually where you guys are, or at least like pretty close. But yeah, it's like, dude, are you joking me? So much. That's insane, dude. Yeah. Anyway, in a more like fantasy kind of way, like, if I could choose anywhere, I would probably want to go and visit. Uh, Japan, I put Wales in New Zealand. So Wales was actually somewhere we were considering going on our honeymoon. It was my first choice, and it was her second choice. Um, but we ended up doing well, something else. So, how do you land on something differently when it's number one and then number two? Well, it was for uh for more for like money reasons basically because we could get more out of where we're okay. going. Yeah, at <laughs> least from what we could tell. But yeah, but Wales, I at some point like we talked about maybe going for like one of our anniversaries or some shit. So I think it'd be so cool. I don't know why I have a fascination with this country. Like I've been to the UK plenty, like, you know, probably four or five times. I've, I've lived in London for a few months and yeah, for some reason I've never gotten to Wales, which is like really close to those things. And for some reason, I think it's uh, going to be pretty awesome. So Wales is on there and New Zealand. The only thing that's keeping me away from that so far has been the length of the plane ride that you would need to take to get there. Because uh, I don't like flying. I think everyone knows that. And so I have to actually like take anti-anxiety medication for when I fly. And this flight is like 16 hours or some shit, you know? And is I that just... any different than Europe? Europe is actually only like a seven-hour flight. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. It's like six hours to get to the East Coast, bro. I know. But when you fly to like London and to Europe, it's not seven hours. It's probably eight or nine. You go north more. There's over no the... way. You, you go north enough that the contour of the Earth is like... It's a There's no way, dude. Yeah, look up. I'll, I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna look it up right now. Yeah, because another coworker of mine was talking about this at work, and I was okay. like, "This doesn't make any sense." Uh, it, it apparently is no true. Way. It takes six hours to get to Pennsylvania, but it takes seven hours to get to Europe. That's a whole no, 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 shit. not seven, not seven, not seven. Seven was a uh, seven was wrong. So this is telling me direct from SFO to the UK is like ten hours. Yeah, yeah. So it's like. Because you look, you look on the map. So, but but New it Zealand's is true. Kind of like down across the ocean. It is Europe. true that the uh, the contour thing is is true though. Like when you fly more north, you save you're saving time because you're cutting like the distance down. Kind of look up SFO weird. to New Zealand. Let's see SFO to New Zealand. <clears throat> Flight time. Uh ah, uh, thirteen hours. So. Mm. Yeah, it's okay, long, it's long, but it's not right. it's not crazy. No I guess. excuses. Get your ass to New Zealand, Colin. I guess it's not crazy long. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was longer. To be honest with you, okay, so that was the reason why, because <laughs> I thought the flight was like sixteen hours. So that's not that's nah. not too bad. Um, and then the flight, go ahead. The flight from here to Thailand, sixteen hours. Oh. I know that one for a fact. Oh the farthest away we can you can get from where we're at. Mm, maybe. Because if it was any further west than Thailand, maybe you would go the other way. Maybe like you'd fly east to start out. I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, then Japan because every good nerd wants to go to Japan. 
and uh <laughs> you know you gotta go i want to i just i'm actually not even that excited to be in tokyo as much as like i kind of want to go stay in like a little smaller town like in in the country almost and just kind of see like the countryside of japan and, and stuff i'm sure it's really pretty and uh yeah i would definitely live uh in any of the three if they were affordable but first choice would probably be wales just because of the language uh similarity and uh where's wales wales is like on the western side of the uk Anyway, that's what that's what I had. What what did you guys have for this? Um, <clears throat> I thought Japan was a a huge oversight on my part. I would love to go to Japan one day. I gotta go visit Naruto Land. <laughs> um, but I went with Brazil, the Philippines, and Ireland. Ooh, and nice. If I could, those are good. If I could live in any of them, if they were affordable. I, w- I would like to live in Ireland just because I like that coastal scene. I was pulling up like some pictures of Ireland and had like a lot of pictures like on the coast side, mm-hmm. like like real like kind of just isolated towns near the coast. Yep, I kind of like that. Whenever my wife and I go to like Mendocino, I kind of imagine like we're just on the isolated island, and I kind of like that that kind of vibe from places because it's just you, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, just isolated. The place Nature. is all for yourself. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Brazil. Brazil would be a cool place to go to. I feel like that's like a really like lively city. I know they got that big statue of Jesus up there, so that'd be cool to see. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah, I had a a, a Brazilian friend back in high school. He was real cool. Nice. And Philippines just be probably like a cool place to visit one day. I I went to school with a lot of Filipino cats and <laughs> yeah, I'll say a lot of my <laughs> my friends back back home were all Filipino, so obvious choice for me to try to go see what's up up there. Yeah. Yeah, that's dope. I I've been to Ireland. I haven't been to the other two places, but my my parents did like the this trip where we stayed at like bed and breakfast every night and we would just drive between between these like really small villages in Ireland and that was super cool cuz like you said it was like you felt way more isolated like it was just like 10 houses you know like in this little area and then like there'd be like one pub or one restaurant <laughs> you know and we would like stay there for a night and then go on to the next one or whatever i remember it was just like so green and like so pretty you know um and stephanie is irish so i'm sure she would like to go back at some point too she went after high school with her dad but nice yeah nice. good choices eli what'd you have um, not really a travel guy, okay. but uh, New Zealand sounds cool. I'll probably probably put that up on my list. Somewhere, somewhere in Europe as well would be on my on my list. Like a, a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. Germany and Poland would be kind of cool. That's where a lot of my heritage comes from. I celebrate a lot of Polish. Celebrate holidays with a lot of Polish traditions so that will be kind of sweet yeah somewhere in the the uk just anything over there sweden would be <laughs> dope too i guess i kind of want to go to sweden or even Minecraft norway and go to like a Both metal concert mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly something like that but also like just, just those uh like the big um not exactly the wonders of the world but like the pyramids would be cool to go to. 
seeing some of these like crazy new like say Gobekli Tepe and all these like ancient things would be cool. Yeah. I guess there's some of that stuff in South America as well, but living in any of them probably have to be somewhere in Europe. Mm-hmm. Japan would be cool too. You're right. I'd have to do that as a yeah, as a PlayStation player. 100%. Um, get some like <laughs> get some ramen out of a vending machine. There's like a Resident Evil themed restaurant over there or cafe in Tokyo. I really want to go mm. to that. Oh shit. I got to look at this one. <laughs> a Resident Evil cafe? Yeah, I don't I I don't know what it's called. Evil Cafe Tokyo restaurant in Tokyo. Yeah, Japan's Resident Evil restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> it looks pretty goofy. But it's just got like a <laughs> bunch of memorabilia like on sale. Looks like one of this someone's dish is cut to look like the umbrella logo, but then there's also like one that looks like brains that someone's eating. Kind of funny. So yeah, dude. I'd hit up that gift shop for <laughs> sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude, be a man, like dude. swiping yeah, plates and shit. Oh, I, yeah, I fuck, I fuck with good <laughs> shops, man. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Oh, good. So, so would you live in any of them? You said or no? I, probably I think Europe. if I, yeah. I'm just kind of thinking, probably that uh, in Sweden, like Stockholm, like the area. There's big gaming there as well, too. At least there was. Yeah, is where uh, um, that dice and all them. Yeah, I think it was Dice and then Mojang, right? Wasn't that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he worked for Dice for a little while. That's right. And it was the big right. bullshit, you know, whatever corporation <laughs> he wanted to make what he wanted to make. So, yeah, probably, I don't know, probably there. I'm close enough to Norway to hit up the concert, so. Yep. That, that's that. You're just going to be Stock super pale missed. because of the long winters, you know? Right over the coast is Poland. So mm-hmm. right, right across the Baltic Sea. It is amazing that once you're over there, like things are like no more than like three hours flying away. You know, yeah. like w- once you're in like France or something, you can get to anywhere in Europe in like three hours. <laughs> it's like super cool. So, yeah. yeah. No, good, good question there, Sly G. Cooper. Much appreciated, sir. All right, let's get into the uh, last question from our Patreon submitted questions. This one comes to us from Skrillis, and he wants to know, what do you guys think of cheese strats in games? specifically when it comes to doing them in order to earn trophies or platinums. Have you ever done something like that? Would you be open to it? Mm. Mm. Dirty word among trophy hunters sometimes. Dirty word. Cheese strats, man. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I'll tell you, I've done it recently. (laughs) (laughs) In, uh, In platinuming Elden Ring, I did the save, like, upload thing to the PlayStation Cloud and, uh, got all three endings in one playthrough. So yeah, I was gonna yeah. I mean, bring that up. It's like, is that it's it's uh not technically a cheese strap, but it's definitely cheating. That's how I consider it. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's doing it legit. Like I wouldn't try to argue that I've done it legit by any means. Uh, but at the same time, I I just don't have. I wasn't gonna play that game two more times. Like well, I'm just you don't get the platinum. I'm just not going to do it, right? And I really wanted the platinum, so I chose to do the cheese strat and to uh to get all the endings. Oh, no, bro. You know, that's, uh, that's that's low life, dude. That's what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> 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 but I think in I mean, other than that, I don't know if if I've really done that very much before. Like 
obviously we've talked about infallible with fall guys and there's the whole discussion there on whether it was warranted to do it you know through that kind of exploit when it was around and i ultimately yeah. think it it was but uh yeah those are like the only two things i can really think of that i've done i'm i'm not specifically against it uh but i don't know if i would do it in games like that that are yeah. not like like the Soulsborne games, like I don't have a problem doing it in. I don't know why I've done that in my head, but I don't really have an issue with it. So, I mean, we we do talk a lot about like the value of trophies and you know PS5 auto pops and how that kind of artificially inflates the completion rate. And you know, save scumming is basically the same thing. So that's you, true. You know, it's just a point to think about. Yeah. Well. Get just real quick interjection. We're going to talk about it later, but in Demon Souls, I didn't even need to do the save scum because I'm having to play through it again anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so it would have been fine. So yeah, it's interesting. And like Bloodborne, at some point, I'm going to platinum, and I think I'm missing two of the endings in that. Like, how do you feel about the Bloodborne one in particular, though? Because one of the endings is just like giving up. You know, I mean, and, I and think that, feel, that feels kind of shitty. Like, I don't mind doing that, like giving up and then not trying to not give up and seeing what it is. I don't know. I think well, that game is get maybe you get two playthroughs out of that game at most. I don't think it needs to have three different endings. I think uh, I'm a little biased because I did it legit. You did, but um, yeah. I mean, just the giving up—it's easy though. I mean, why? What's the? You don't even have to fight at the end. Why would you? So when I did it, it took me a long time to do the first playthrough. It was like a hundred twenty hours with all the dungeons that included the dungeons. But then my second playthrough took me four hours. I did it in one night. So you're not saving a ton of time by save scumming. Uh, four hours and then is I, super fast. Holy shit. Yeah. And the other uh, the other playthrough, I just made another build. I did an arcane build because I was interested in that. So I don't know. I'm, I'm a little biased on it. I don't think it's... I don't think... Uh, no? You don't think so? You don't think it's, uh, it's worth the cheese? No, I don't. I okay. was trying to read your thing. Oh, I'm confused here. Oh, Daryl, yeah. A little, me off. A little peek behind the curtain. Daryl thought he heard some audio issues. So, listeners, if you're hearing audio issues, I'm sorry I wasn't able to uh, to edit them out. But uh, hopefully you're not. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> hopefully you're like, you sound like a sultry, silver-tongued devil. I'll be like, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I figured we would uh, be talking about this, considering the games we've all been playing. But I think there's definitely a very thin line between like a cheese strat and just like cheating or breaking the game or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's uh you're walking a, th- a thin line because mm-hmm. so um did you do the armored spider legit? Yes. Okay. See, I cheese that. How do you, how uh, do you cheese one, that? I, Shoot it from uh, I, from the end of the tunnel. There's a post you can't hit you behind. What the fuck? Yeah, Super no, I I did it legit. It used up half my <laughs> healing items too. <laughs> so. so there's that, and then I'm on a man eater right now, and there is a spot in this map that they can't hit you from either. It's a lot more treacherous than the armored spider, but um, they can't really hit you there. Hmm. But the thing that really I, I tried it a couple times last night and I didn't it didn't I didn't complete it. But um the thing with this one is that there's there's an item there. There's a sword there. 
Oh, wow. Okay. Right? So, like, is the game telling you to do this? Is this a cheese strat? Was it meant to be in the game? Yeah. Like, I... how far do we go with it? Are you, like, yeah, it's in the, um, it's in the game's code that you can glitch through a wall. So, like, is that fair, then? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it, it gets real gray in there. Yeah, well, so, like, I guess one way we could explore it is, like, is there, in your mind, a difference between a glitch and cheese? Or are they the same thing? Yes, okay. I think. So, well, so, it, so yeah. yeah, so if we argue that they're not the same thing, like, that they're different, then what you could describe as being able to go through a wall could be considered a glitch, right? Whereas what you're talking about, I would categorize, like, cheese is one word for it. Like, another word would be, like, an exploit. I was right. going to say exploit, but cheese is, like, the, the thin line in between that the exploit and and the glitch right almost right are the, are cheese and exploit interchangeable or are they slightly different i think they're i think they're interchangeable for me in the way that i think about it yeah you know like an exploit is being like i'm going to activate the ring that buffs my damage clever rat ring or whatever it is mm-hmm. and i'm gonna be a magic user because i know magic is overpowered in that game and i'm gonna mm-hmm. two-shot all the bosses now, the game totally lets place. me do that, right? It's totally a mechanic. There are mechanics that are in there. It's not even like I had to dupe items or anything like that to do it. Very standard. Uh-huh. But, like, it does make the game trivial in some spots. So, mm-hmm. what, what is that? Like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> right? And then, yeah. And then you can hide in a spot where the enemies can't hit you. Right. Which is all. I mean, if they're so, putting an item there, to me, that does signify that they know about that spot. Yeah. They've got to. Yep. That's why I'm okay with this one. Right, if it, I like actually complete it, but there's also a way to like shoot through the fog gate there and hit them with arrows, and to me that <laughs> is that's a cheese strat, you know. It's in the game, right? But they tried to. I think that's one where like they wanted it to not be, you know. <laughs> like yeah. a, there must be something there where they get. Uh, but anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves. What What do you think, Daryl? What do you, What about cheese for you? How do you feel about this? Ugh. Honestly, I don't really care about cheese strats a whole lot. Um. Yeah, it's. I guess. I guess it's because I I use so many of them in Wolfenstein Two, the New Colossus. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, I was perfectly okay with it. But you know, what were, I, these, I, what were these strats in Wolfenstein Two? Were they strategies or were they cheese? Well, they one, right. one. So it, it's pr- it's probably a combination of all those. Like mm-hmm. you know, a strat. One was like a cheese strat, maybe another was an exploit. But I think one cheese strat I can think of is there's a section in the game where you're supposed to go into this room to trigger like enemy spawn, and the room gives you no cover. You know the the enemies are constantly rushing in to try to kill you. But I found out that you can trigger all of that without going into the room, so you can trigger the enemies to come at you. But now you have like that room which is sealed off, giving you, like, super, like, cover. And, like, now you don't have to worry about the enemies coming in and trying to kill you because now you have the room that's basically sealed off, like, providing you that border between, like, the enemies and yourself. So I was just, like, picking dudes off from, like, yeah, from this area without having to go into that room. Uh, That would have made me really vulnerable. Hmm. I thought that was the cheese because... Um, yeah, you know, obvious choice is like to go in the room to trigger the spawn and just hopefully you don't die. But 
I, I was able to do all that in a relatively safe area. Yeah, I don't Maybe know. Not. Yeah, that's that's not like I wouldn't think that's that bad. That's kind of I mean, that's just like a smart way to do it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I guess it all comes down to like the I mean, people make mistakes, right? And so like the games aren't perfect. Right. And so it comes down to what you're personally comfortable with, I guess. Like if you want to play the game the way they intended to to you to play it, then then don't use them, but if you want to know take advantage of other people's mistakes then you could use cheese strats right that's a good way to to think about it i think i i don't know it really depends on the game for me yeah like if it if it's like a strat or if it's like a trophy that's tied to like permadeath then like i i think cheese strats are perfectly okay because depending on the length of a game you know cheese strat can save you a whole lot of time and headaches so, like, you know, being able to do a cheese strat during that scenario, I think would be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I did a whole lot of cheese strats. I think I did a lot of strats, but none of them were cheesy. I'm trying to think. Also, I, think I know Wolf a couple. Like two is like a big, like it's a bronze for like the hardest fucking trophy almost known to man. You know, like, (laughs) yeah, I mean, they made the mistake of fucking up the trophy list. So, you know, I I don't know. It's uh... because there are a couple spots like in the game, like in some pretty tight um, levels where there's really nowhere you can go, but to just like withstand the onslaught of guys coming at you. So there are some areas like in the courthouse. uh, I did this on stream one time and strat there is that you would just hide under a desk and you're basically invisible the enemies are just they just think you disappear and then they'll walk by you and then you just slowly pick them off one by one um and that that's basically how you would survive that level hmm. yeah that's, that's interesting type of exploit yeah i don't know dude i i don't I, like i said i think it really depends on how hard the base game is if it's something like again that trophy you're going for in Wolfenstein just nuts right so yeah whatever you can do to sort of make that experience a little more palatable i think that's fine <laughs> right mm-hmm. um yeah and the, and the reason like again that i kind of okayed myself to do it with elden ring is because my first playthrough took 70 hours basically you know and i was like i'm not gonna spend 210 hours on this because the difference is pretty negligible in terms of like what my experience is gonna be you know do you really think it's gonna take you another 70 hours I mean, probably because you had to um, beat it in less than an hour, dude. Yeah, speedrunners. I mean, which is like a whole nother category there of like, you know, are mm-hmm. they like are speedrunning strats cheese strats or like because I think speedrunning would probably they would probably describe themselves as finding the most efficient strategies through an entire game, right? So then you're you're yeah. you're making an argument of like if cheese is really just doing something efficiently, like the yeah. smartest way, and it's like, well, maybe, yeah, maybe you could call it that. I think some of those are, it's okay. They're not going for trophies typically. I mean, I'm sure they get some, but yeah, well, but the, that's yeah. not their goal is to like, uh, work the system in a way they can achieve the trophies. They're just trying to go as fast as they can through the game. Exactly. Their right. goal isn't the same. Right. Right. Yeah. Huh. I don't know. One thing I, that I would not be okay with, though, I think, is like those trophies where you 
like let's say you have to beat the game on the hardest difficulty so you play it on easy and then at the very end you like change the difficulty up and it counts you know that you've beat it on the hardest difficulty like i'm not cool with those like there's some some games have that like mass effect one has that exploit um mm -hmm. there's there's others like i mean i'm sure oh like kana bridge of spirits right wasn't that like a thing where you could like exploit it and actually didn't have to beat it on the master difficulty that kind of stuff feels like bad to me at least like i wouldn't do that shit so but you'd save scum yeah <laughs> so say the game takes you you know 20 hours on the easiest difficulty mm-hmm Mm -hmm. And it takes you seventy on. Say it takes seventy on the easiest difficulty. It takes you two hundred and ten on the hardest. What's the difference between the, playing it three times for that time, or or doing it like, on the hardest difficulty? Endings. Yeah, I don't know. In that instance, yeah. it might it might not be. But there's no difficulty in Soul, so you don't have that issue, right? Mm -hmm. um, you just have endings instead of difficulty. Yeah, I guess that's true, huh? And because then you can, that's kind of the great thing about Souls games is you can cater a build to make your subsequent playthroughs easier if you want. Because you know, like, what's overpowered and shit, you know? Yeah, um, what if you, you beat the game on the lowest difficulty and you, you just reload the save and beat it on the hardest difficulty hmm. at the end? It's hmm. the same. To hmm. me, it's this kind of the same thing. I, well, I think for me, the issue with the difficulty one is about the journey because your journey to the end is incredibly easy, right? Mm -hmm. So you don't get to, you don't have to experience the difficulty curve of the game if all you have to do is the very last like checkpoint on the hard difficulty. Mm -hmm. So it's it, you're kind of a phony in that sense, but it's more a phony in skill than a phony in time, <laughs> mm. <laughs> right? Like yeah. there's a, yeah, yeah. That, that's kind of how I think about it. Point. Yeah. But good. Yeah, I was. Yeah, go ahead. I was gonna bring up the Amygdala and Bloodborne too. Oh where yeah, where it's like uh, the, it's not even like is this a cheese or is it not? Where there's a, it's one of the hardest things in the dungeons where you have to do an Amygdala in the defiled dungeons where you have like half your health or something. But you basically, I actually have a video on my YouTube if you if you want to check it out. Yeah, check but it out. Narshader thirteen one D. Yep, exactly. Um. You you stand under him, and like he jumps, and like if you you walk the right way, and then pull off like a heavy attack, heavy R two, charged R two, um, you just smack him in the head, and then you stand under him again. You do the same thing. Like is that is that a cheese strat? Is that the most efficient way, or like? Yeah, I don't think that's a cheese strat. That's just like the boss fight has been so optimized. That that's just yeah. the best way to do it, and yeah. when you play older Souls games in particular, there's a lot of that going on because it's just so much like community knowledge out there now. Like, oh, this is how you do this fight like perfectly. This is the best mm -hmm. way to beat this boss, and so you're gonna feel like you're cheesing some stuff sometimes, but like it's hard. Cause, like if you played that game on release, it, you I don't know. It's it's tough. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's tough. But good question, though, Skrillis. Thank yeah. you for uh, thank you for asking. That's my only kind of cheese I like. Oh, dude, I'm uh, I'm going to I just door dashed a sandwich <laughs> to oh, get here in like an hour for, for after uh, for after the recording. And it's got three types of cheese on it. So you're you're going to. Oh, that. my God. That is <laughs> abomination, dude. Sounds like a soul's boss. <laughs> the fucking uh, the cheese amalgamation. Or oh, some shit, my God. Dude. Amazing. Amazing. All right. Well, speaking of soul's bosses, let's get into what we have been playing. 
pretty interesting month, I think, in that, with some exception, we've, we've, a couple of us have played a couple of different things, but we all overlap and that we're all playing a Souls game this month. Mm-hmm. Pretty, right. pretty fucking cool. But I'm going to throw it over to you, Daryl, because I'm really curious to hear about how you've been enjoying uh, the title that you've been playing and what you think of it. So go for it. Yeah, so I, out of the Souls games, I have been playing Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Um, so I only played it. Took me a year to finally play the game. Colin, for being <laughs> yeah. patient with me. Oh yeah, go for it. Because if I had loaned my game to anybody, I'd be asking for it every <laughs> week. Hey, bro, what's my game? I haven't seen you play it on PlayStation. What's up, dude? I'm not gonna pressure you. I know you. You'll get to it. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Well, appreciate that. Uh, finally, uh, playing it. Ten hours in. I gotta say, man. I was really hesitant to play this. Out of all the Souls game, this was like the one I was like thinking this is gonna be the most challenging one out of the series. Yeah, I don't know why. I've only played Dark Souls one, so I, I, I wasn't really a fair judgment to be mm-hmm. like, "Oh, Sekiro is gonna be like the hardest game." It is hard. Like I'll give it that. It is hard, but it's not as hard as you know I expected it to be. Uh, there's just a lot of mechanics that are really unfamiliar to me because I was right. like watching, you know, streams over the years on this game. It looked way different from like what I've seen from the other Souls game. Like you have like your, you have the little posture meter at the bottom and then you have like the enemy's name up top. I didn't know what like the red nodes meant. So there's a lot of things I didn't really know what was going on to this game that kind of added to this whole expectation that this game is going to be really hard. But once I started playing it, kind of started getting like the mechanics down, the combat. It's a fun game. I'm like super digging this game. <laughs> You're kind like, of a little bit obsessed with it, dude. That happens with Souls I games. Am. That happens. I'm like yep. super <laughs> stuck on this game. Mm-hmm. It, it like it has what I like, like set, like you know, samurai setting. You play as a ninja. Dude, the sword play is just sick. I love going toe to toe with dudes. Like <laughs> Colin, you and I had this <laughs> funny ass conversation yesterday where it you know, we were like talking about our approach to the game and you're like, Yeah, you know, like some of these guys are pretty hard and I try to even the battlefield by like doing a death blow. So now all I really have to do is just like do one more and then, you know, I kill off the enemy, but then I told you just like, dude, I'm scoring up with these guys at full right. health. No death blows. Like, I'm actually going to try to take them on. Yeah. I was trying you know. to cheese the game, dude. And you're not. Yeah. <laughs> it was so funny, dude. I, that was funny. But, like, it's so different from how I played, you know, games over the years to where, like, I'm very, like, patient. And, like, I'll do, like, a little hit here and there, back out, go back in. But, like, my whole game plan to this game is way different. It's, it's like, I'm not playing in my comfortable zone like now i'm playing the game to where i'm always in the enemy's face i'm like waiting for like the attacks trying to learn the patterns deflecting what i can backing out when i when i'm supposed to like i'm like super aggressive and i've never been like this in like any other games i've played so it's really weird hmm. that i'm kind of playing this game with this mindset hmm yeah, you, I mean, you, that mindset will serve you well if you take it into Bloodborne as well. So, I think that's cool. Like, 
when I first started playing, it was like, okay, the posture meter, okay. I didn't really, I was like, dude, this whole posture mechanic is like really trash. Like I got to wear out their posture to deal death blows. But then like I started trying to like play a little bit more. And then I got like more comfortable. I was like, okay, if I deflect attacks, weaken their like health bar. Cause like if you weaken their health bar, their posture meter, it slowly recovers like back to zero exactly yep so like that's like all part of the game like and some enemies they they can actually like rev or like negate their posture meter so i was like okay i gotta keep this fight real close because the more i back off the more the enemies can you know recover their posture meter um yeah it's cool i'm like finding this game to be really fun like this most fun I've had in a while. Um, <laughs> so yeah, you, there's a lot. Of, uh huh. Yeah, you know, I'm just curious what you think. You said in terms of difficulty, it's maybe not as hard as you ex expected it to be. Um, I think, obje like objectively, I would say it is their hardest game because there's no summoning, like option in the game. So all the other Souls games, you can kind of throttle how hard you want it to be by engaging or not with the multiplayer, right? And you can't do that in Sekiro. It's just you. So I think, like, in that sense, I would say it is the hardest game. So I'm, I'm kind of uh, impressed you're finding it not too bad. Like, you're definitely flying through it faster than I was, for sure. And I think, yeah. you're, I think you're kind of getting the rhythm of it down more. I couldn't understand. Like, the parrying, the timing just fell off to me for some reason. Like, I would think I would be hitting it, and I wasn't. And if you, if you miss one deflect, like, you get hit, and then you're off your rhythm, you know? So, Yeah. yeah. I do like the fact that it's just me kind of going toe-to-toe -to -toe with a guy because it makes the, the combat more intense and just a little bit more scarier because it's like, you know, any screw-up can mean, you know, the end of the, the run for you. So I kind of like that a little bit more. I, that's probably why I'm so addicted to it. It's like, oh, shoot, like, I got to... Well, we'll see who's, like, the best swordsman here, mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. So, I like that aspect of it a lot. And yeah, the the pairing is a little difficult at first. It took me some time to get used to it. Um, I'm getting better at it. It is a little tricky, especially when you start fighting enemies you've never encountered before. But it's fun, man. I like I like the combat, and yeah, I, I just got to this one mini boss today, the headless. I don't oh know what God. the other dude that did, man. Yeah. I, I think I don't have something to take that boss on because. Do you have any divine confetti? I do. Yeah. I do. Confetti? Yeah. What is this? Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised <laughs> I remember the name of that, but yeah, that's uh, that's what you want. That that allows you to deal damage to to them. Uh, okay. But it's a pretty finite resource, right? So you have to you have to be careful. With how you use right. it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So, I gotta go they, back in. See what's up. Mm -hmm. Do the enemies have health, or is it just like us? Their stamina meter, and then Both. and then you insta kill them or whatever. Yeah, the, the enemies they have both, but okay. the I mean, all the regular enemies you can death blow. You know, pretty easily, like two or three hits, and you can death blow them right away. Mm -hmm. But the mini bosses and the bosses. They're not so easy, and it'll take some time before you can like either build up their posture and deal a death blow, or like just whittle their health to the point where their their posture's just not going down anymore. Okay, so you can do both. You can damage them, and you can you can uh, 
Yeah, so like destroy if you're, their posture and do a death blow. Right. Yeah. Both. Like gotcha. in the video that I sent you guys, like mm-hmm. that boss who kept just whacking at me, I, I, I was deflecting his attacks, like each of them, and his mm-hmm. posture mirror just kept going up and up and up. But I hadn't whittled his health away, so his posture was just like slowly like resetting itself. But he was an aggressive attacker, so the more he kept doing it, the more the posture mirror just kept building up. Mm-hmm. And eventually, I was able to do a death blow. Um, but yeah, I couldn't really get hits on that guy because he just kept hitting me every time. Oh, so interesting. The only way I could yep. take him out was just building up the posture meter. I'm pretty sure I got a sneaky death blow on that guy. So <laughs> that was probably another <laughs> one that I like snuck up behind to get the first hit. Cheese <laughs> to the other side of the arena. Well, something? they yeah they added the stealth mechanics into Sekiro, right? Where you can like ledge grab and hang on the the ledge. You can like slide against the mm. wall you can crouch in tall grass and like get behind people so i was like all right i'm gonna try to play it like a stealth game and it it's really fun to play the game that way until you get to a boss <laughs> because mm. then the game makes you you know square up with someone one-on-one and you're not really prepared for it because you haven't been practicing your skills like through the mm. overworld so i would get to bosses and just be like fuck this <laughs> you know <laughs> like mm. like this is way too tough um, yeah, it, it it is challenging at times. I do like the fact that they added in like the death blows. So like, you know, like if you enter a boss arena or like you come across a mini boss where the aggro hasn't been, you know, initiated, you can like do the death blow. And it kind of adds to the whole like the shinobi code cuz shinobis don't play fair, you know. Mm-hmm. They're they're very sneaky. They they you know, they hide up on the rooftops or you know, they come from the shadows, which is way different from, like, the Samurai's Code of Honor, where it's like, hey, hey, guy, 100 feet away, I'm right here, let's let's do this yeah, right now. Yeah, come over here and let's fight. <laughs> yeah. And let's like... fight, you know? So, it's weird, especially when I just came from, like, Ghost of Tsushima. Mm. Um, you know, the, the the approach to the games are way different, and I, I like this a lot. Hmm. It's just funny because like, the way that Colin was talking about it, I was like, dude, that's not how I've been playing. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was not the same. And it's also interesting because Sekiro is like the game in the in the franchise that doesn't have armor customization or weapon customization. Like you have your prosthetic you can mess with, but like your sword never changes, right? Your out your armor never changes. So you, you eliminate that whole like side of souls, which I think... I really like because you can kind of like, again, pick the best tools for the situation. You know, like if I'm going to go into a certain area and it's got poison, I can spec my character to resist poison, you know, or something like that. And like Sekiro, you don't really get it. It's just like, nope, you're just, you got to get fucking good at fighting, dude. You're going to be fighting. <laughs> so I don't like that. Yeah, no, it's some yeah. people, it's some people's favorite game in the franchise. And I, I didn't. It just didn't jive with me as much. Maybe if I go back and revisit it, I'll like it. Um, I did watch a full playthrough because I wanted to see all the areas and the bosses and stuff, but I think I only got to like 16% completion on that game. I'm pretty sure. I'll look it up. But yeah, I didn't get very far. Yeah, I, think, I think you were at 16. Did, did you uh, look you at the trophy those. list at all? or? Um, I, I didn't really look at it too much on PSN profiles. I've just kind of been scrolling through it on the actual PlayStation page. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to keep everything mysterious for myself. I know a good chunk of it's like related to the bosses and stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm sure like all of them are like main bosses, like a couple like of the mini bosses, but 
generally as of right now i really don't know like what what i need to do to get trophies nice keeping it mysterious yeah i was at 15 percent is what i got too but here's the crazy thing it's not going to spoil the trophy list for you to say that the the platinum is at 27.4 percent it's nuts yeah like, are you joking? Are you joking me, dude? I mean, yeah. And Elden Ring is already at like twenty five, I think. Demon Souls is at like twenty five or twenty six. Like, yeah, it's pretty nuts. No, Demon Souls is twenty eight point six, and Elden Ring is twenty five point four. So, yeah, nice. pretty nuts. Anyway, sorry, I cut you off before. What were you saying? Uh, shit. What was I saying? Oh, I, I am glad you kind of brought up the whole. You know, you stick with your sword from the beginning to the end of the game. And it just adds to that whole thing that, you know, really draws me into these type of games. It's just the challenge. Just like, it's all pure skill, man. You just got to know when to, like, pick your fights, parry attacks. It's like, oh, no, man. I'd I, I be, like, super, like, cheesing after I beat bosses on this game. I'm like, yes! Yeah. Yes! Like... Mm-hmm. I'll say probably that didn't happen during the Lady Butterfly fight. Because, um, oh, it happened to know, me. I, thought, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, I was going to be like, Colin, bro, I beat her first try, first try. Then out of nowhere, she starts talking again. And I'm like, what the fuck? Why is she talking? Mm-hmm. It sounds like she's coming back. Oh, you know why she's talking, bro? Because <laughs> they fucking love their two and three phase boss fights now in the new Souls games. They're all about that. <laughs> Yeah, I had my first experience with that. I was like, dude, what the fuck? She came, like, with more attacks. She brought, like, a gang of phantoms to freaking take me on. I was like, oh, my gosh. Dude, I mean, it's really it's really funny because it's so clear that that's, like, the progression, right? If you playing Demon Souls, you play if you play that and when you play that at some point, Daryl, like, and you played, like, how many bosses in Dark Souls 1 had more than one phase? Like, where they would be dead and come back as something else. <laughs> It's like not a whole lot. I can't even I think maybe like maybe one. I can't even think of any, but maybe there's like one. And then in Dark Souls 2, there's like maybe four or five. But then by the time you get to like Dark Souls 3 or fucking uh, Sekiro or Elden Ring, it's just like it's the expectation when you get later in the game that all the bosses are going to be multi-phase. <laughs> so it's just like, <laughs> come on, dude. Yeah. Yeah. But that's so cool. You're, you've been uh, enjoying that game. I'm really glad you're you're playing it. I I am gonna try it again at some point in my in my life. I I do want to try it again. It's it's kind of like Dark Souls two for me, where I I don't really have a desire to platinum those, but I just I just want to beat them and have have beaten the game. So yeah, I feel you, man. Yeah, when I uh when I beat it, I'll give you a game back, and I'm actually thinking of just like purchasing it so I have the copy of it for my own collection. Ooh, just nice. To have it. Nice. Yeah, Souls games are good ones to own physically. Some some of the only games I do own physically are Souls games. So, hell yeah. Uh, what else you been jamming on? Uh, so I actually platinum Deathloop Woo! a few weeks ago. Woo-hoo. So number fifty one for me. Hell yeah. Uh, the, game, the game didn't take too long for me, Colin. The game took me thirty two hours. How about you? Oh man, that's a great question, dude. Fuck. I, I feel if, like if I had my PlayStation on, I could, I could figure out. I can't. I don't, can I see it on the app? Is there a way to do that? Do you guys know? I don't oh, think man. so. Uh probably not. So yeah, I don't know. I would assume it's in that range, though. Like in between thirty and forty, I think. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Nice. 
yeah, you know, I I came across the game during Black Friday, so I eventually picked it up and got to playing it like last month, I think. And you know, just just remember like the lead up to the game, you know, seeing Deathloop and plenty of Sony state of plays back in 2021. At first, I didn't really think it was a great game. I was like, oh, you know, it's unique, but I don't know if I play it. But then Colin, you got it, and I was pretty hyped to hear what you thought, just because I knew someone who was going to play this game. Yep. And then I know you raved about it, so I was really excited to play it at some point. Got the game, played it, and I thought it was boring, bro. I thought it was really boring. <laughs> I <was like> yeah. <laughs> I was like, when does this game get good? And then, you know, the game came to a point where I was like, dude, I'm forcing myself to play this game now because I have 1%. I'm not liking this so far. Now I'm forced to play it. Because, you know, you get that shitty gun at the beginning that jams. Oh, God. And, yeah. And it's funny, too, that they add that mechanic in the game because at some point in the game, you forget that was ever a mechanic at all. It's like you get the best guns and you, none of them ever jam. So no, kind of yeah. funny they put that in there. <laughs> yeah, for real. I mean, again, just real quick, I I played the beginning of that game really different. I think because I just like did melee stealth kills. <laughs> oh, I, I was basically playing it like uh, I was basically playing it like Dishonored. So oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just went straight to shooting headshots. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, Alerting the whole map right away. Exactly. Yeah, but. Yeah, you know, I've mentioned this before. Colin, you you brought this up as well. The game gets really good on your first loop. And on your first loop, that's when you start to infuse items. So you can infuse slabs, equipment, trinkets, all that stuff. And that's when the game gets really better. And I got to tell you, just like Control, I had low expectations for this game. I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to play it. The platinum seems easy. But I came away loving this game, man. I really enjoyed Deathloop. Mm-hmm. Big time. That's so great to hear. Uh, all of that 27 hours. 27. Okay. Oh, okay. So not far off from, you know, from where you finished the game. Just another few hours. Mm-hmm. I took a little bit longer just because, I, you know, I was exploring, kind of dying a lot. But <laughs> yeah, I would say like 27, 35 is kind of like a good run for this game. Yeah. But yeah, I will you know. say Colin uh every game I had on there Colin had less hours than me in, that we both like completed. So okay. he's just good at games. So. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh yeah, you know, great game, a lot of positives. Uh trophy art works real good, story's great, high replay value. Trophy art for this game is probably like the best I've seen for a game. You know, there's a lot of effort and creativity. And not only shows in this game, but it's also in a lot of the other Arcane Studio games, like mm-hmm. Dishonored and Prey. So top, top-notch top art. Story's good. Had a lot of fun eliminating visionaries and completing the different visionary leads. I thought the whole idea of the game was made very clear from the beginning, where all the visionaries were tied to the loop. So in order to break the loop, you gotta kill them all. That's right. Uh, you know, the Visionaries was really cool. I think all of them had pretty cool, you know, personalities, mannerisms. You know, it was really cool to go up against all of them. And I kind of like how they were all in charge of, like, different um, key areas, like, stabilizing the time loop. Because they say 
they're the way to break the time loop, but then you kind of figure out like, oh, they're in charge of like something that keeps the time loop going. Right. So it's really cool to kind of see that. Uh, I really enjoyed like the banter be Colt between Colt and Juliana. That mm-hmm. was funny throughout the game. I, I found myself laughing a few times. And her cue actually kind of like jogged my memory because like when she's, her cue will like pop up in the middle of your your run and it's just signaling that she's in the map with you and she's hunting you. And it reminded me of the COD zombies alert that you would get when a new round starts. Oh, yeah. So it's like, yeah. oh shit, am I playing Call of Duty zombies right now? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I, for- I forgot about the audio cue you get, but yeah. Pretty yeah, sick. it was really, really cool. Yeah, story was fun. High replay value, like I said. There's only four maps in Deathloop, which is really like short for a game. They're all small areas, but the size of the map changes depending on the time of the day. So, like in the morning, things are pretty chill, and then as the day gets on, uh, get gets on, some of the area becomes frozen off. So it provides you like new avenues of like reaching areas that were once out of reach or like later in the day some areas become very populated with enemies on the street so maps are very different throughout the day depending on what time period you're actually playing those um maps and there's a lot of exploration and discovery that takes place in this game which i really enjoyed because it allows you to kind of you know do different things outside of the story um basically the the name of the game is the more you know the better because there's a lot of things out there that'll help you in your runs especially when it comes to like the visionary leads or the arsenal leads where you can find new weapons better guns did you and find that gun that was two guns <laughs> do you know what i'm talking about <laughs> two gun- is that the one where you can like combine it because yeah. like a 17 gun? yeah, yeah that, was, like, that, that gun is so cool yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that was a really good one that was like the one i used the most like for the entire run of the game. Well, yeah, the, I mean, that, the thing that's cool, I think, with Deathloop as well, is the combat is, like, not difficult. It's not like the enemies are bullet sponges or anything. They all can die in, like, two headshots, you know? So it's kind of about you just, like, planning your route through the level and stuff like that. It's more about your your how you execute your plan than it is, like, being good at fighting, you know? Pretty cool. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, the more you know, the better... And there's just a lot of exploration and discovery that can be done. So even when I beat in the game, there was still a lot of things I was uncovering for the very first time. Yeah. Sadly, I didn't really, like, pursue a lot of these, like, puzzles and clues because I was, like, only two trophies away from the Platinum. So by that point, out, you know, that whole, you know, that whole mystery was kind of just, I was done with it. I was like, you know, I'm pretty close to the Platinum now. And... You know, by the time I even finished the game, I still had a whole lot of trophy hunting to do, which was fine because I really enjoyed the game. And there was like a lot of different cool trophies I can do, like, you know, killing visionaries in different ways, which was yeah. cool because each visionary had like their own pretty cool way of like taking them out. I think my favorite one in that game was uh, killing Charlie Montague. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> with the... Uh... With the with the protocol or whatever, like changing yeah. it, yeah, dude, that was funny as fuck. Invader has entered up, <laughs> <laughs> and like using like different slab abilities. Mm-hmm. So it was real cool. You know, they took different aspects of the game, and you know, just had had players 
basically do everything the game had to offer. And yeah, that's where like a lot of the higher replay value came in. Just a lot of things the game does to kind of keep you engaged and doing different things. And basically, though, that was it for the game. And, you know, one thing that kind of made me kind of look into it a little bit more was the color orange. Mm-hmm. So orange is seen throughout the entire game. Like when you start the game, you see the color orange. Um, when you're looking at the player menu, orange, it's just orange everywhere. That they like, look it up. It's like, is there a significance behind the color orange? And then when I looked online, you know, color orange is described as like energetic playfulness enthusiasm excitement happy joyful spiritual list goes on Mm -hmm. i thought that color was i don't know if it was chosen intentionally but it symbolized the very world of death loop like spot on because you know the visionaries they're all different but they all kind of exhibit like a, a sort of like playfulness enthusiasm spiritualism and even like the the Eternalists, you know, it was almost like they were on cloud nine. They're like, like partying all the time and sort of like this entranced state. So I don't know if the color orange was chosen intentionally for that purpose, but I thought, you know, you know, the two putting two and two together, you know, it seemed like they chose for that very game. Yeah. I mean, that's a good observation because I think, it, it does all those things you described. I hadn't even thought about that stuff. But in, in addition to that, the game has a very sort of like late 60s, early 70s aesthetic in terms of like the music and the fashion and, you know, like all that kind of stuff. And so that color is very synonymous with like the 70s to me and uh, sort of the outfits that people would wear at the time. So it probably is for a lot of reasons that they chose. It's, it's definitely an intentional choice, right? Like everything about it is, is intentional in a game so they chose that color for a reason i'm sure it's a combo of everything yeah 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 and yeah that's basically it as far as like what i liked about the game i'll say like the two biggest things i didn't really like at first was just the player hub i thought it was really confusing at first and that's what kind of led me down this belief that the game really sucked at first but it it doesn't have a strong opening for sure in a lot of ways no yeah yeah it really didn't, and that's where I was like, oh, man, this game blows, but the more you play <laughs> it, the more it, it makes more sense. And the multiplayer, I mean, the multiplayer, there's, like, two trophies. Honestly, I think they could have just done away with the multiplayer. Yep, me too. Um, That's it. It didn't need just it. Some... I would have rather them not done it and put in a fifth map or something, you know? Yeah, it been... yeah, it was kind of different. It, like, I kept getting, I kept confusing myself because there was, like, Two time periods that were pretty much the same. You had noon and you had afternoon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, okay, they probably could have gone with a different choice of words there. Yeah, whatever. And sure. um, last but not least, just some trophy call outs, tips and tricks. So, like, one trophy, nowhere to hide while playing as Juliana across Colt off your list. So, you actually have to kill Colt. Like, when, by killing, I mean you have to end this loop. Yeah. So, when I killed him one time, I was thinking, oh, my trophy then, Bob. Is there something I'm missing? But you have to kill him. So you have to kill him three more times to end the loop, and then the trophy will pop after that. Ghost at the Feast, kill three targets at Alexi's party without being seen. I thought that meant just like the Eternalists and Alexis himself, but that also includes Juliana as well. So 
I was making it out, but Juliana kept spotting me. And every time I made it to the end, I was like, my trophy's not popping. Hmm. If it doesn't pop, it's because Juliana saw you. Yeah. Yeah. And then very very last one is cleanish hands, kill all visionaries and no eternalists in a single loop. This trophy has appeared in two other Arcane Studio games, Dishonor and Dishonor 2, as clean hands, where you completed the game without killing anyone. So yeah. hence the ish at the end, you know. You're not killing any eternalists, but you are killing visionaries. So that was <laughs> that a fun was trophy to go cool. for, I thought. Yeah, that was really good. It was kind of hard at times because I kept failing. Um, I kept failing somewhere. I think it's because I kept the learning guys and they were throwing grenades and their grenades kept killing them. Uh, oh, yeah. I don't know what it was. But, I think the yeah. hardest part was up. Uh, was it up dam or I don't remember what one had Harriet in the hangar, but that that level I thought yeah. was the hardest, actually. Up oh, in Carl's Bay. Yeah, Carl's Bay. There you go. Yep. Up dog. Up dog. What's up, dog? <laughs> um, nice. Up, well, really good. Uh, really good games there, Daryl. You're playing some good shit. And, oh uh, yeah. Good luck with your continued Sekiro run. I'm sure you're gonna. Oh, yeah. I'm sure you're gonna be done with it way quicker than I would be. You're already like. Yeah. yeah what are you at percentage wise in that right now? I'm at nine percent, dude. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So you're getting pretty close to where I was at already. Oh but, man. Like when we talked about it, I was like exploring areas that you hadn't even explored yet. Yep, you did. You, you're doing things in a different sequence than me, for sure. Yep, that's all I got, man. Starting 22 off. Pretty good this year. Let's go. All right. Uh, Eli, what have you been playing, dude? Says oh, you're back. You, <laughs> you know? Says you're fucking I'm back, back baby. Man. I'm back. Let's go, dude. I've seen you on PlayStation more in the last couple weeks, I think, than I had in the last few months before that. Dusted oh, off really? my PS5. Mm-hmm. With this weird jumbo black and white thing in my hand called yep. a controller. Yep. Pretty dope. You know, I, I, it really came down to like protecting my wrist and, you know, trying to mitigate carpal tunnel. Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. You know, that was a really. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Whatever you say, so... Brown. <laughs> no, nah, I'm back. Uh, uh, I got. I don't know what, what came over me. Oh, I was playing. Um, <clears throat> my son was playing some Spider-Man I was talking about before, and uh, I wanted to hop in and um, kind of get up to date so I could help him and kind of know what was going on. So started playing some of that, and uh, I'm just kind of casually going through that, you know, when I when I get sick of Demon Souls or something. Right. Um. So I haven't been paying attention too much of the list. I'm just going through, picking up backpacks and uh, slowly getting through the story missions. But I also decided to finally go for the... Uh, there's a, a glitch for the Skater XL trophy we talked a couple episodes back mm-hmm. about how it would take like all over a whole year of running your PlayStation while you're at work yeah. to get this trophy. Just so nuts. Yeah, or it was like a couple months if you had it on for 24 hours each day. You'd brick your console probably. <laughs> yeah. So <clears throat> there's there was a glitch where you, you can get out of the map and then uh, you, you wedge a piece of something under a joystick to make your character manual, hmm. which is not all the way back. So it's a bit finicky there. But then you, uh, yeah, you spawn them on a car. And he falls off and falls down the map, and it counts as skating time. Um, 
So I ended up doing that, and the rest of the list is pretty obtainable. So I've made quite a bit of progress on that, actually, after after I got the glitch. And uh, if you're doing the glitch, it took about 45 minutes. Okay. And That's much I more was... reasonable than the other. <laughs> yeah. I didn't see it pop. I decided to go do some other stuff and kind of like check in here and there. And I didn't see it pop. And I was like checking my phone, checking the... Um, what was the other thing I updated? Oh, my PSM profiles I updated, and I didn't see it. And I was like, oh, well, this is pretty lame. And then, uh, so I was like, you know what? I guess a little extra time. I'll try it again. And so I tried it again, and uh, it didn't. It, I didn't see it popping again. So it was like after like two hours or so, two and a half hours, I was like, oh, okay, dude, this is... I guess I'm not playing this game because I was all excited, dude. I was like, this is going to be sick. I'm like, going to actually be able to play this game and enjoy it uh, and yeah. enjoy it and not worry <laughs> about like having one trophy that would take me seven years to do. Right. <laughs> and then. Um, so, yeah, I was like updating nothing. It wasn't showing at all. And then um, I had like quit out and I went to check my trophies uh, and it was there. What? Just yeah. Hmm. So I would, I don't know, I would suggest dicking around and watching it pop so you don't do any, like, you know, make the same mistake I did. Or do it and then don't worry about it and check in a, in a day or, um, or whatever. But, um, so that, that got done. And so I'm kind of chilling on, on both those games, uh, slow and steady. Uh, I thought Spider-Man was, is, you know, it's, since I'm just kind of taking a chill, it's a pretty easy list. I don't think there's much uh, you can miss. Is that, Daryl, have you played this? Spider-Man? Yeah. The um... Marvel Spider-Man? Yeah, I played it. Yeah. There's nothing you can really miss, is there? No. You mean, like, missables? Yeah. No, no. The game doesn't have any of that. So, yeah, I, I've been enjoying it. At first, you know, there's... I do think they uh, try to do a little much with it, where Spider-Man kind of... You know, the buttons do so many, like, actions as you're, like, flying around or, like, trying to land somewhere. You just kind of go flying all over the place. Or, uh, you know, if you're in a big battle with guys, you kind of get... You kind of launch yourself all over the place and, and can end up in some sticky situations. <laughs> um, you know, because it's like, oh, this one does that, and then you go flying up into the air and to dodge, and you're halfway across the map, and um, I don't know. There, I think it's still it's still pretty fun, and like it looks cool, but getting started there was definitely a bit much of like controlling it was kind of hard, in my opinion. I think they just felt like too they were trying to do too much with it. Um, not trying to hate on the game. I think it's I think it's really good, and I'm I'm enjoying my time. But that was one little little gripe I had. So that's that's that'll be slow and steady. And then yeah, I've been doing Demon Souls as well, like a boss, uh, like a boss. Um, came back to it after what, a year, <laughs> a year I believe. I got it like June. Yeah. Of, uh, yeah, when I got my PlayStation Five. Yeah, I got mine in June last year too. Yeah. Or my my copy, yeah. So, well, talk to me about it. How have you been finding it on on re, on return a, on revisit? I think it's a pretty amazing game. I'm really digging like these 
the way the arch stones are laid out and the levels and how there's, you know, each one can uh, give you something you need to to do and you kind of get to choose your own way of like, you know, oh, I need, excuse me, I'm a burp. <laughs> um, you know, if you need like the magic upgrade path, you can, you can get stuff at a certain level or you need the uh, hard stone or the clear stone or uh, the dragon stone. There's all, you know, you can get the stuff you need in the level and um, it seems pretty well laid out like that too. We were talking last night, we were both kind of on the man, man eater and there's this clever rats ring to get your damage down. And then on the way to the boss, there's a, a shitty, what do you call it? A, it's a mind flare. Black Phantom. Yeah, it, Black oh, yeah. Phantom, yep. who's a uh, mind flare, which is my biggest gripe of the game so far where there's <laughs> these black these fucking black phantoms you kill them and they disappear right and then so you get to this level we're on there's another one uh, a little earlier on in the level you kill it and it fucking comes back mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. what is that just halfway <laughs> through they're like nah we're gonna change up the mechanic that you're used to it's the only archstone where that happens that. too it's yeah, really, these it's are... really weird. It must I did, I'm telling you there was probably a lore reason for it, but from a gameplay perspective it doesn't make a lot of sense, you know. It makes no sense. And yeah. it's on the boss run, so it's really frustrating. And these dudes just they can they can wreck you quick. Yeah, god forbid so they like, actually grab you. That's the worst. Yeah. Well, that's the play I like. Mm. So they give you that clever rat's ring, right? So you can you get more damage th- with when you're below 30% health. 25% health? Something 30, like that. 30%. Yep. So you get hit by them and then you go up to the boss run. You could do that extra damage with that cheese area I'm talking about. So you're safe from getting hit. It's like they planned that whole thing out, you know? And I'm, I'm noticing that more and more. And mm-hmm. that's what, uh, I, I'm just blown away that this is, this is, uh, that old of a game. Like, I think it's all, everything's so interconnected and, and, and laid out very well. I, you know, I'm I'm fanboying right now, honestly. It's it's but, really good, like, man. It's it's a really good game. I'm I'm enjoying yeah. my time so much more when I since I started a new character than when I was mm-hmm. playing New Game Plus. Like cuz my New Game Plus run on my melee character like kind of kind of made me hate the game for a little bit where I was just mm-hmm. like fuck this, dude. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but but my my New Game playthrough was super fun and it's it's that way too with uh with the magic character, but yeah, yeah and they, we're going you know, totally different routes through the game. It's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, and that's another thing I think is neat. They pretty much add, they added an easy mode that people always kind of wanted in Souls in, in the royalty class. Mm-hmm. Like, the, you know, if you want to play Melee, which I like, I like the Melee, I could have chose Magic. I know it was OP, but, you know, I just wanted to play Melee, so I did, but... Yeah, um, you should, yeah, you should do that if you want. Like yeah. you're gonna enjoy I'm, your time more. I might. I mean, I made an arcane build in in uh, Bloodborne. It's not as OP, but I think uh, I would definitely explore some builds after this run. I'm I'm debating how I'm gonna finish it because I'm really frustrated that you can't skate save scum this, dude. I don't understand. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? Oh, for, yeah, well, you can save scum the well, endings, that, but not the not the spells. The, mm-hmm. the spells and rings, and I was kind of looking into that a little bit. Um, it's because yeah, you need to have them all concurrently on one character. So at the same time. So you can't like unlock them and then reload a save and get different ones because then you won't have the ones you unlocked on the first one. You so, can buy all the spells and then you buy all, 
then you buy all the miracles, right? Right, but then you won't have them all at the same time. But the trophies for having all the spells. Oh, the, yeah. Well, so the spells issue too is that some of them are for two different, uh, two different spells. Like certain boss souls that you need are for two different spells. So you'd have. Oh, to, and you need yeah. to have them at the same time. Exactly. Yep. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that. The, so besides the stupid black phantom bullshit. Yeah. Um. <laughs> the the other big gripe I have is that uh um fuck what were I dude I just completely blanked on it. Well the well you were asking about the basically like the t- the tendency stuff and like the other gripe being you have to have everything on one character. Right? I'm assuming because we were talking about spells. Oh man, dude, it's gone. <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, maybe you don't have another gripe with the game. <laughs> oh my goodness, dude! I know, man. Um, We're getting old. That's, how, that's what happens sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but I also think some of that is some of it's related to Yura the Witch, right? Like some of them, Yuria, you yeah. get a bunch of souls. You can get a bunch of spells from the the main two guys, but then you need to get other stuff from her. Correct. So if right? you've already so traded in, like a. Yeah, so like I kill you, the dragon, old dragon god or whatever, right? From uh, two, three. Uh, when you get his soul, you can trade it into Sage Frake for a spell, or you can trade it into Yuria for a spell. But you don't unlock Yuria probably until later in the game. Yeah. So by that point, you're like, oh crap! Well, I got to go through the game again and get his soul to get. You so know. the second playthrough is Yura the Witch, uh, like playthrough basically, right? Basically, unless you want to save it, and uh, which I'm doing, I'm saving a lot of those spells to unlock with her so that I don't need to get them with her on the second playthrough. If you know what I mean. Like, I can just get them from Sage Frake. To be honest, though, it doesn't matter much because you need to kill the boss from 1-3 twice for spells. So, yeah. I, I, it's I, a bit I, confusing. It's a bit confusing. So, and that's my that's, that's my main thing is the that's list my is other fucking gripe. hard, dude. Yeah. Is, no, the trophy guide. That's what it was. Mm. This, that they like, um... Whoa, my computer's freaking out right now. <laughs> uh, I must have hit the middle mouse button. That was way. Uh, the they're like, oh yeah, it's only like one playthrough and a partial playthrough. <laughs> you only have to beat these five bosses, right? And these five bosses are at the end of every fucking archstone, anyways. So you have fucking, to beat all the early ones. <laughs> you have to beat them all, anyways. <laughs> So uh, I'm looking for the, the list of them right now. Yeah, so here they are. You have to do um, 1-3, which is the... Uh, well, I won't say the name. You have to do the 1-3 boss. So you have to do 1-1, one, 1-2, one, one, and 1-3. That's mm-hmm. all of Archstone 1. Mm-hmm. And you have to do 2-1 and the 2-3 boss. So, so you have to do 2-2, 2-3, 2-1, 2-2, two, 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 and 2-3, two, which is all of 2. <laughs> then you have to do the boss at the end of 3. So you gotta do one one or three one three two and three three, that's all of three, mm-hmm. and then you have to do the one at the end of five, so five one five two and five three, that's all of five. So the only one you don't have to do is four. Yeah, this is the whole fucking game, dude. It's the whole game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, tell me that's a partial playthrough. You have to do the whole game. I dude, I don't, I don't know how that guide is is really confusing. It's like got like. Tw- like way too many steps to it that are just like yeah. not clear. Like, well, they do it twice. Mm-hmm. It's very weird. There's like, there's like the intro stage, the roadmap, and it has like the stages. 
like this is what you're doing the stage one the uh the trophies then there's the platinum walkthrough which is like the same thing yeah but different and i've just been following the platinum walkthrough just kind of like making sure they it is nice that they don't spoil anything really they're kind of like make sure you get this ring or and this item here mm-hmm. and then beat the boss and then they'll make you they'll like this boss has this specific trophy tied to it so make a backup save and and do that one but they don't like they don't like go left here and you know they don't yeah. hold your hand exactly through the whole thing so that's why I've been liking it, where I just go to a new level, explore the level, make sure I got the things that they suggest, and then make sure there's not a boss trophy. So Yeah, for sure. I'm sure it'll get more complicated towards the end, but... What's been your favorite Archstone so far? Uh, not very far. Well, I didn't know... Oh, so are you doing the thing... You were talking about how Fighting Cowboy, his playthrough did like 1-1, 2-1, 3-1, yeah. you know what I mean? I haven't you... done that. You haven't done that? Oh, okay. Gotcha. No, I, I think I might. I kind of want to. I should have kind of started that way, but I'm just, I'm like too stubborn to give up on the man eater, really. Right. Like, I just want to do it because then I'm done pretty much with that whole world. I'm so close to being done with it. Yeah. That I just kind of want to finish it, but I really probably should just go 4 4 1. Well, you opened um, the boss like path. So you don't, you know, next time when you come back to 3 2 yeah. or whatever, it's, it's not going to be too bad. That's kind of what I'm thinking, but um, the only reason I'm doing is because the three three boss is uh, you get a, a spell from him that's like super overpowered uh, for your magic class. So I'm trying to get that so that I can take that into the level four stuff and level five stuff. But what what spell is that? It's called um like homing soul arrow, I think. Like you cast like three little like things around you, and then they like fire towards an enemy. Oh, like what the man eater shoots at you uh yeah kind of i think it's different i think you'll see it when you get the to three, three green arrows they shoot at you yeah they're, they're like bl- converged they're... all in one oh yeah kind of like that yeah i guess it is the same yeah well he does because he has the the like scream mm-hmm. the like uh siren scream type deal but the one that hits you in that in that safe space is occasionally that like three ray it's like green at three green arrows that come together and hit you at once Gotcha. Yeah, so that's, I mean, that's basically it, because you, you cast that spell along with another one that's just, like, a long-distance, like, soul ray, and uh, they'll, they'll like, hit the boss at the same time, because, and so, essentially, you do Clever Rat Ring with those two spells, and then you can, like, kill bosses with, like, two rotations of spells. Jesus Christ. Yeah, so. Yeah, I'm definitely going to try that. I'm going to try it out, for sure. Okay. <laughs> like. I mean, the magic build. I'm oh, yeah. It's been pretty fun, fun because I went even on like uh, the first level of the game. Like I picked, a, I didn't pick the royalty class, which I think is like the best best. I picked the magician, which is another magic class, um, because it started with a fire spell, and I knew that the first boss was weak to fire. So mm. I was like, oh, cool, I can just go and use it on. And it was really fun to play that way. Uh, and nice. being, yeah, I don't know. You'll have a good time going back to it. Yeah. 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 Very cool. Uh... Well, yeah, so, but yeah, like you were saying, there's a whole you you get really into these games, and you know, I've been watching YouTube videos on all the different Souls games and the philosophy and yeah, behind it and whatnot. Um, and yeah, it makes you want to play play more. Like, I want to go play uh, Elden Ring now, or probably Dark Souls One, or you know, I know. 
Yeah, it's it's like, really oh, cool. more pain. I want more pain. This is nice. <laughs> well, there's not really any other games like it. I mean, there, I guess there's more now than there used to be, but with some like mm-hmm. Neo and the Surge and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. they, you know, they have a really specific feel, like the FromSoft games, and so. When you start playing them, it's like, yeah, like I kind of just want to keep playing a game like that. Well, the only other stuff is more of their games. So Mm -hmm. it is kind of cool, though, because there's enough variation now where you can play something like Sekiro if you want, or you can play like Bloodborne, which also is like similar but plays differently. And like, Mm -hmm. I feel like Demon Souls is even kind of like a weird like middle space, too, because the game is like really not, except for a few bosses, it's not like really that hard. You know, it's not really like about that. Um, but then, like, Dark Souls 1 through 3 are all kind of the same, you know? So you can pick different stuff within their games that are all, like, relatively similar, mm-hmm. which is cool. Yeah, so I, I went back to Demon's Souls because I, uh, I ended up platinuming Elden Ring, which was platinum number 66 for me. And I had Jeez. that same thing. Yeah, 66, baby! <laughs> had yeah, that I'm going to save thing. a... I'm saving Skater XL for 69. Oh, let's go, dude. Yeah. Let's go. Nice. <laughs> So yeah, I was um I was like level 156 when I finished Elden Ring. I had put in like 67 hours. Uh, did a dexterity build, and no shield, and uh, yeah, it was really fun. Like I I basically just caused bleed damage buildup, and then would proc like bleed damage on bosses for like a ton of damage. And uh, Elden Ring, I mean, at this point, like people have been talking about Elden Ring for like the last month. I'm sure there's plenty of places that have raved about it to you guys when you're listening to this but like dude it's such a good game and i don't know i i had so much fun with it i've never been like that obsessed with something in recent years where i was like that's all i want to play you know i don't, I don't really want to even fuck with anything else uh every time when i would turn on my playstation it would be elden ring for like a solid month and yeah you're telling me uh you haven't seen me on playstation as much in this last month as a yeah. three months prior i would say the same for you i know elden ring dude mm-hmm Staying up late, making rash decisions, dude. Yeah, I like altered my skipping cocktail party, skipping cocktail parties, dude. <laughs> yeah. Like, geez, I know, dude. I know, dude. I would like stay up an extra hour than I normally do. Like, I'd be up till like ten thirty playing this game on weeknights or something. And oh, uh, menace, yeah, I went through it really fast. But like, the, there's people in our community that beat it even faster than me, and I'm just like, God damn, dude. Like, some people put some work into this game. Like, it would come out and they beat it right away. Um, oh yeah. You said 70 hours. When I was looking at your hours, it said 41. Mm, that's weird. It said 67 on my in-game timer. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure how accurate that PS5 stuff is. Yeah, same. I wonder. Uh, huh. Like, sometimes it think... seems really accurate, and sometimes I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty oh, sure my yeah. Demon Souls timer was off, too. Hmm. Like, it says 24 hours in-game, but I think it was only, like, 15. I think I'm like in between 40 and 50 hours on that game now because yeah. my my second playthrough in Demon Souls I'm only like four hours in but my first cycles took a long time. <laughs> yeah, and you're already as far as me. That's right. In my 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've already beaten the game, so I know I know where to go and all that shit, you know. Um, but yeah, so Elden Ring really really good. It's it's like a very different style of open world game, and I think it's one that you should definitely experience. Like. I could understand being hesitant to do so because of the fact that it's a FromSoft game. So it's it's going to be a hard game, but there are way more ways that this one is more forgiving. Uh, specifically, even too, as a trophy hunter, Elden Ring is a very forgiving game in that 
there's trophies to get all the legendary ar uh, talismans, which are basically that game's versions of rings from the other games. Uh, all the legendary weapons, all the legendary summons, and uh, all the legendary spells and incantations, which... That sounds really similar to like other FromSoft lists where you're like, fuck this, I gotta get like 30 different spells, I can't do it on one playthrough, like this is gonna be crazy. But actually, by limiting it to only the legendary ones, it's only like six or eight items per category. And they're also, none of them except for one item, one weapon, are missable. So you can get everything in one playthrough, which is so cool. They haven't really done that with any of their other games. And I'm really happy that they did because those are the trophies that are the most fucking annoying. Like the all the spells trophy and Demon Soldier is talking about. That's why mm -hmm. that trophy list is fucking annoying. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, all the rings. Like that's the only reason you have to do pure black world and pure white world tendency stuff on that game. Like just for the rings, you know. And it's it's really annoying. So Elden Ring solved that, I think. And uh, the trophies for the saves or at the end of the game, right? You have the three different endings. Um, yeah, you can set up all of the various options, beat the final boss, save at the point of grace, and then like trigger all three of the endings basically using your sa the save scumming technique. So in effect, yeah, technique. you can yeah in effect, the cheese technique. the save scumming cheese, dude. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you can effectively get all, everything in in your first playthrough. And because it's such a long game, like we talked about before, I didn't really have a ton of desire to go and play it again right away. Um, and, and try to do, like, a second ending legit or something. So I didn't do that. I mean, I did get both versions of the game when I bought it, like, on or downloaded it, so PS4 and PS5. So I could always pop the Platinum again in a single playthrough on it, but do, like, a completely different build or something because there's so many options in that game of how to play it. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's going to be hard for a game to beat that as, like, game of the year for me this year. Maybe not, like, in a trophy sense, but it, just in terms of, like, my favorite game that's come out you know god of war could do it and uh something else that we're not even aware of right now but who knows we'll and yeah I, after that i was like dude i need to go back and keep finishing up uh at the time i wanted to go finish up tiny tina's one shot adventure which I've, i think i've decided i'm just not gonna do i actually deleted it from my console yesterday i'm just like eh, i don't care <laughs> um <laughs> and then uh far cry 3 <clears throat> I wanted still platinum. So I went back and I played a few more hours of that. It was a really nice like change of pace after coming from Elden Ring because Far Cry 3 is like a really easy game. Uh, and you just kind of go around and you're just naturally going to get the plat just by 100%ing everything. And the map isn't too big because it's an older game. So it feels very like manageable. And uh, there's some cool stuff in there. I think the sound design is actually really solid for how old the game was. Like listening to the sounds of the jungle around you while you're just kind of like driving around or, or walking around the islands um pretty cool stuff so i was enjoying that but i couldn't get over this feeling of like ah, i want to play another souls game now like i want to play another souls game now what should i do and i just decided you know what fuck this like demon souls you're not gonna you're not gonna break me with this one trophy left you're not gonna do it dude i'm sitting at 91 percent. i'm gonna get that platinum <laughs> So I'm, i went back to that and yeah i started a, the magic class like we talked about so about four hours in on my very first, uh, like, the new game cycle, I'll then have to do it all again on New Game Plus, but at that point, I'm hoping, I don't know, I'm hoping to only have to do another, like, 10 hours, maybe, and, and have it done, but we'll see. And, uh, yeah, after after I beat uh, Demon Souls and Far Cry 3 and Platinum Those, my plan is actually to pick up Ghostwire Tokyo, uh, which came out 
yesterday as of the time of recording. And just as like a quick update for folks, Ghostwire Tokyo's trophy guide is out. It's a 3 out of 10 difficulty, 35 to 45 hours, no missable trophies, free roam after you complete the story, no difficulty related trophies. So it's a uh, very trophy hunter friendly list. And I, uh, I like that studio and the developer anyway. So I'm definitely going to pick that up. That's, that's kind of my, my roadmap for the next uh, month or so. So, yeah, that's, that's what I've been playing. Good old souls, bros. Good old souls, bros, man. I, and, ah, dude, I, who knows? When I beat Demon Souls, maybe I'll be like, mm, I should just go back to Bloodborne. <laughs> yeah, you should, dude. Like, Bloodborne, Bloodborne I do want a platinum. And Dark Souls 1, I do want a platinum. Uh, Dark Souls 2, I, I just want to beat. Sekiro, I just want to beat. And then Dark Souls 3, I haven't decided yet if I want to do that or not. The reason that one's tempting is because it actually has a 60 frames patch for PS5. Mm-hmm. Where, uh, like, Dark Souls, or, uh, sorry, Bloodborne does not. Fucking so mm-hmm. annoying. But, whatever. Been fr- playing Far Cry 3, and that's at 30 frames. So, I'm kind of used <laughs> to it. Yeah, maybe you should go to Bloodborne first. Yeah. Well, dude, oh, you're, you're in this 30 frames mindset. One thing I was going to say is I, like we talked about how Demon Souls is an easier game uh compared to the others in the series anyway, but I think especially after Elden Ring, where the end of Elden Ring is just like man, they just couldn't help themselves. They're just like, "Nah, we're we're going to fuck you." Like th- these these bosses are going to be fucking lame. <laughs> and you're like, "Okay." So, yeah, the end of that game is really hard and then Demon Souls has just been like so much easier to do like as yeah. a result of that. So, yeah, it's cool. But anywho, that's uh I think that's going to do it for us on episode 55. Do you guys have anything to add before we start closing up shop? Not a man. A couple yawns. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, um, yeah, thank you all t- for listening to the show. We hope you've enjoyed episode 55 of the Trophy Talk podcast. Make sure to, to leave a like or a comment if you did. Just uh, you know, share the show with your friends who are trophy hunters if they want to listen. And uh, we're coming up on the end of the race here pretty soon. We'll have some more info on that in the coming episodes. But exciting stuff. You can go check the leaderboards, leaderboards over there uh, on the Discord. Check out the Discord if you haven't already. Really good community and uh, lots of fun conversations over there. So, yeah. Uh, where can people find you at, Eli? Where can folks find you? Uh, Narshare13, 1D, on YouTube and Instagram. Let's go. Check, check, Colin, you can check out those Bloodborne videos for some cheese. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and anybody else interested. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Daryl, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on PlayStation and Discord at the Tall Simone Guy. Yes, sir. And you can find me on YouTube at CK Present, PlayStation at CK Present. Uh, but the Discord is the best place to get hold of all of us. So come and hang out. It's a good time. Until next time, uh, we'll catch you later. We hope you have a, have a good one and happy gaming. And goodbye. <laughs>